Good evening, Patriots, and it's Sunday, January 23rd, 2022. And just when you thought things couldn't get more stupid, well, guess what? Here we go. We've got the Chinese that have just sent 39 aircraft over Taiwan's airspace. At the same time, our hand puppet of an administration is pulling out people from the embassy in the Ukraine claiming that Russia is about ready to start a war while we put on our CIA teams on the ground, ready to start some sort of false flag action to try to provoke a war. And <laughs> you know, those hundred monkeys, they got escaped over in Philadelphia. Well, now the CDC's let everybody know that they're monitoring them for cold like symptoms, which leads us to the CDC's post of Monkeypox. That's right. Monkeypox. Here we go. <laughs> I swear this stuff just doesn't get any dumber. Hey, before we begin tonight, mypillow.com, mypillow.com. Scroll on down to the radio listeners box, click on that and see some of the greatest and latest specials, all sorts of stuff on sale, 50% off. Use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. B-A-R-D-S. You can use that code anywhere on the Frank Speech site, the My Store site, and anywhere on My Pillow site. And of course, we know that they're trying to, once again, cancel My Pillow and Mike Lindell, our great liber our liberty fighting patriot. And they're doing that by trying to debank him. I'm just rolling my eyes. Whatever. This garbage never stops. And they will never stop until we put a stop to them. Part of us putting a stop to them is to use our dollars in purchases through companies that really fight for liberty and leave the rest of those turds behind. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code BARDS. Take advantage of great specials on things that most of us need for the house, whether it's sheets, pillows, towels, the great slippers, Giza sheets, can't live without them and comforters, and many, many more things. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is also our home landing page, and you can see great specials using your Bards code. The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com is where you go to get what I believe is to be the Bible for our time. If you use the Bards code, B-A-R-D-S, in the coupon section at checkout, you will save 20%. 
The Founder's Bible is an NESB 1995 edition. It's a great edition. And it has, in the Founder's Bible, our Founding Fathers documents, many of them are worked in throughout Scripture. So you get an amazing instruction lesson experience in God's Word, as well as a history lesson in how our Founding Fathers used Scripture as a living language. So again, thefoundersbible.com and use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. That is the coffee, the Bards Nation coffee. It's a coffee designed for our time. It's a coffee designed to give you that boost of energy and sustain that energy over the entire day. Also raise up your serotonin levels and increase your mental focus. With that coffee as a foundation, there's other products you're going to find on the Expedition Coffee site, which are all part of a health ecosystem. Those include the Gut Health Triad, which is designed to heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the predominant reasons that we get sick. And that's all those products are there. Those three products are designed to heal that. We also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract, high levels of vitamin C, super good for you. And we have Pure 47, which is a refined silver extract that can isolate pathogens, all sorts of pathogens, including HIV and the full complement of SARS-CoV attack viruses that they've been unleashing on us. And finally, you have Earth, which is a full body nutrient powder. Everything you need in one scoop, mix it and drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. So this whole set of products works together in a compliment to integrate and support each other to create a complementary boost to your immune system and give you stronger, better health and reclaim your health sovereignty to keep you out of the grips of the internment camps we call hospitals. So by definition, one thing I want to start with tonight is, is just some updates on a couple of things. One is just the looking at hospitals. There was news today that there was a guy that once and once again, another victim of the hospital system who was unable to be released and he died there due to their, their care. I don't even, I didn't want to use that word. I was trying to come up with another word that was legal, but they're attending to him by forcing him on redemisevir and, and uh, ventilators. So I think what we all have to ask ourselves is what in the heck is happening when you go into a hospital and you don't no longer have the right to check yourself out. I haven't seen the hospital paperwork, but this is draconian. And they're using these rules. And if we are looking for FEMA camps, don't look any farther than the hospital because the internment camps are the hospitals. This is the game. So pay attention to that. And they are literally taking people in and they're performing. I mean, in a certain sense, they're performing experimentation on these bodies. They're taking people in and injecting them with a drug they know is going to kill them. And they are putting them on a, a regime that they know is going to kill them. But they're just watching people die. And every nurse and every hospital, doctor that's there is saying, well, I tried to treat him. You're complicit. Don't care. You're going to vote. You're going to be charged with murder at one point. So get ready for it because we, the people, are not going to stand for it. And if I get another excuse from somebody, it's like, well, I have to pay my bills. I don't want to hear it. Not at this point in time. You've had plenty of time to get off of the system and get into another job. And you are now complicit in murder of people. And that's what hospitals are good for. The whole thing, when you look at the back end on that, it's how much they get paid per COVID patient. They don't have enough patients to pay their bills. So on one hand, you have all these incentives. They're not supposed to. They're they're like... uh, supplements or grants or payments from the government for dealing with the trauma of COVID. All that is is an encouragement to make sure people are tagged as COVID and that they die in COVID. A patient that comes in for about a week and dies, the hospital gets paid about $100,000. If they stay longer, it can be as high as three hundred dollars or 400000 So you're getting the picture. Then another little detail you might want to take a look at, which is really interesting, is how come all of a sudden there's no, there's not much of a shortage for transplants. And if you look at people that have been on the transplant list that have been waiting months for a transplant, all of a sudden they're up on the one and two week list. That's because they're harvesting the organs out of the people that are dying in the hospitals from what they tag as COVID. It's just a form of organ harvesting is all that is. And they're prioritizing patients that are quote organ donors. So 
This is, we are dealing with a Chinese style system, but it's got the hospital fate friendly face on the outside. Don't kid yourself. This is Nazism in full swing and it's happening right before you. So whatever I tell whatever you can do, stay away from the hospital. Now that said, we have our mod Nikki. You all know her from the chat. Just ask that you keep our, your prayers up for her. She had to go into the hospital tonight for an issue that turned out to not be as serious as they thought, but she is back home. And they released her, thank goodness. I mean, that was really the big concern. And just keep your prayers up for her quick healing. That's That would be really appreciated. So I'm going to pick up a little bit from where I was last night, because last night I was talking about Genesis 4, and we got into a little bit on the creation story and men and women. And I had some really good emails from people, and I want to thank you for some really good comments. One of those comments really caught my attention. And it was the point that in that moment, Adam did not kill the serpent. I, I actually love this comment. And I'm like, hey, Adam, like, what happened, buddy? Did you like have a soy latte before, before Eve grabbed the apple or what? But in all seriousness, um, there is a really important point here. And that is that the, we have really important roles and from the very beginning, those roles were challenged. And now we're kind of at a point again where we need to start seeing men start spining up, okay? The one thing that's really interesting, and, I, and think about this, because God mentions that when we are, when we come together in a marriage, we are one. We are whole. We are one. So think about this. One and one equals one. How do you get that? That's multiplication. I think this is a very important point. So it means that when a man and a woman come together, they are creating something greater. They're multiplying their force through God. And that's really critical because God's not identifying as I know, and I'm going to beat on it a little bit. The Baptist church is probably the worst of trying to make women subordinate to men. And I, I do not buy that. There is a complement of power that happens with men and women. And it's that mutual understanding that we have different roles, but we complement each other that makes us stronger in the world. And I think that's very, very important to grab. So in a simple math, if we're multiplying one and one, we get one. If we multiply a half and a half, we get a quarter. So if you're come if we're coming to relationships trying to be fulfilled through the other person, we're coming in as half and half and we're creating lesser. But if we're coming to relationships with our intimacy and fullness fulfilled through Christ, then we're coming in as whole and one and whole and one. We multiply that and we create something greater in, in God. That's the beauty of, of the relationship and marriage that God put before us. But the thing is that when we look at, it's an interesting perspective because when we look at at tree of life that was temptation and it was it was given as an option and it's very black and white the tree of knowledge and it's a very binary solution one has to ask like who planted that tree because the one thing that's interesting is god everything god creates is is good it's made for good and yet that tree had an option of bad so you have to ask the question who made that tree and so I bring that up because when we start to look at from the beginning, we are in a hostile environment from the beginning. And the question I would ask, it was asked to me earlier today, and I, I'll, I'll answer it in this right now. Are we at war? And the answer is yes. But the answer is also we have always been at war. So from the beginning, we were at war. And so we need to realize that we're literally fighting and have been fighting to reclaim this world for God, occupy the land, expand the kingdom. And we have to get that in our headset. This marshmallow pew stuff that I cannot stand, this pacification in the church, all oh, get along. We're all good. Don't worry. Pray. Drop some money in the pot and everything's going to be okay. I cannot stand that. And you know that. We are in a, a world of war 
and the war is literally waging at a level we that went through a kind of a perhaps a more passive level or more covert level for many years, nonetheless creeping up on everybody. And all of a sudden it's blown into the open and we look around and we're like, man, we have got crazies everywhere. That's because we've always been at war. The enemy has known we've always been at war. They've always approached it like a war, but they've lulled us to sleep. And so many, and I would just say too many of the shepherds of the church have gone along with it. Our country was founded on a principle of very aggressive martial type speakers from the pulpit. They understood what tyranny was. They understood what tyranny would do. And they understood that there was a red line we could not cross if we wanted to preserve our faith and be loyal to our, our love in Christ. That is not a question. That is historically documented in sermon after sermon from the 1600s and 1700s. These were firebrands of the pulpit. And we need to have that firebrand built back up within us again. So we need to be looking at this from a simple point. We like to say things like Christ was crucified on the cross. Let's get this right. Christ was murdered. Be very clear about this. Christ was murdered by an elite group within the Roman circle. That's, and that has to be said. And so we are now left with obviously the gift of life. He was, he at sacrifice gave us life, but we have an obligation to stand up and continue to fight because we, we're, if we're sitting here passive, we're going, oh, yeah, it's too bad. Man, it's too bad. He got pinned on the cross. Hmm. No, he was murdered. Bottom line. So let that burn in you a little bit. And someone just wrote, they, so we are murderers. No, we're followers of Christ. We've been reborn through Christ. I didn't, you know very well when you say something like that, it's ridiculous. Because it was those that pinned him, convicted him, and, and suppressed him. So right now, right now, we are in a fight, which has continued, which has been from the beginning, but it is a hostile, hostile fight. And it is a fight for the survival of humanity. And we have to make a decision how it's going to be. Part of that, as I talked about last night, which was so important, is right now in this fight, as this, as this pendulum is swinging, women are being thrust into the front of the fight for many reasons. And what we need is to meet, we need men to step up, but we need the encouragement of men, women to raise up men. And we need to be working not as one or the other sex, but we need to be working together as God's children to accomplish the victory that we need. There's too much of a narcotic going around right now. When people get in power, I'm not accusing anyone in particular, be clear about this. And I'm not generalizing by gender, but it is happening that when one group gets an opportunity to grab power, that's all they think about. My chance, my chance, my chance. And so there is a lot of that happening along gender lines right now. That's not winning a war. That's fighting on their game and losing on their board. God needs us to be together as together as one. God needs us to be thrusting together as one army and using our gifts and talents and what he gave us in as the different roles that we are in this world to work together to become stronger, one times one to create something greater, not half and a half to become something lesser. And that's a very important principle right now that will make a difference in our victory or our defeat. We can see the silliness of what these people are doing. And we have to absolutely, absolutely clear away that nonsense from people's heads. We have an obligation now to reach out to people. And each of our groups, whether individually or by gender, we have a ways to reach other people. That was another point I was bringing up last night is women can reach women. Men are going to have a limited effect because of what has happened over this last couple of years, four years, or increasingly men have been severed from their ability even to challenge a woman, otherwise be accused of some heinous stupidity. But when you see women that are using their protective sense to take their child in a mask and getting them injected, 
okay, this is a wrong thing. So let me, let me put this in a perspective. There's nothing more ferocious than a woman protecting her child, and it's a beautiful thing God gave us. But there's an emotional side that's being exploited right now. We all know that. Everybody in the world is being indoctrinated, inculcated with this fear. So what happens when that lioness side of the mother comes out to protect her child and the motivation for protection is actually ginned up by the fear that's in the world. I can tell you what happens. They end up walking their child into a sacrifice for ball. Don't kid yourself. What's going on right now is nothing different than what has happened on over eons. It's the same ritual, sacrificing children for ball. It's the same thing that happened when Moses came off the mountain. We just aren't, don't have the golden calf right before us, but it's, People are doing it and not even realizing they're doing it, but they're doing it out of a motivation to protect a motivation that's driven by fear. So women, I'm putting this out to you. You have, you have a huge obligation right now, a huge one. And that's to reach the mothers. Men can't do this like you can. And you have to reach the mothers. And you have to start getting them to realize that their protective nature, which you'd all do beautifully. Your protective nature is being twisted and turned and turned into a weapon system, which is then being used for the benefit of ball, not the benefit of the saving of the child. And that's the sickness of this fight. And men need to back that up. We've seen some great standing up of men in this last six months in the school boards and other places. And women, you have led an amazing fight. And this is where we have, to, we have to shift. This is like a squad going in and doing an attack on a building, okay? There's a guy on point, but sometimes that guy on point isn't the best one there. Sometimes you got to do a shift in, in the attack, and you're going to push somebody from the rear up because their job, their tools, their skills are better for the moment. A good squad leader understands that and does that, and that's why his squad will survive and be victorious. But if we, if we lock ourselves into these fixed perceptions of gender roles and the stereotypes which are being overstated right now, and pay attention to the media because they're overstating gender roles to try to defeat gender. Great one I saw today. You men, you men, if, if, you, um, if you think that having a second job is doing home stuff at home by cleaning the house, you're wrong because you've never said it was a job. I'm like, come on, lady. I mean, this is for real. I don't even think she was... I don't, I know she was liberal. That's all I can say. I mean, it's just like, it's this insanity that's going on. And as I said the other day, they're looking at gender as a cultural issue and your sex as a biological issue. So gender is fluid to everybody. So what they're doing right now is they're trying to build stereotypes in what gender is which is completely out of touch with how a family works, by the way. But they're trying to build these fixated, these fixations and pillarized ideas of what gender is. And it's literally like something out of some 50s film or something. Literally like, well, the woman is going to stay at home and she's going to wear a bib and she's going to go around the house all day and she's going to sweep and she's going to do laundry and she's going to cook and she's going to do. And that's what the man expects. I don't know where those roles even exist anymore. Because it doesn't. But what we do have, if we're working together in relationships, both in a marriage and in friendship, if we're working in these different relationships, we're mutually supporting each other and we're using each of the strengths we have to assault and destroy this enemy. Everything about what we need to be doing is focusing ultimately, once we protect the children and protect the elderly, there has to be always in our mind a lethal element to be able to think of pursue and destroy the enemy. Pursue and destroy the enemy. That is how we win this. Not by, and believe me, prayer is part of pursue and destroy. Fellowship is part of pursue and destroy because we're building the ranks and the strength 
Leading people to Christ is part of pursue and destroy the enemy because we're taking them away and empowering people with the greatest tool they can have in this war, their love and passion in Christ. We literally have to get this martial side in our head because we don't have time for spineless and marshmallow. This enemy's serious. I mean, consider this. God told us to be fruitful, prosper, and subdue. That's a militant term. <laughs> didn't say be good, be prosper, and bake cookies. God didn't say that. Just so I want to say it. God did not say bake some cookies and uh, Satan's going to be over and just invite him to sit down and have a cup of tea. That is not what we're doing here. So we are in a war. We need to get our head in it like we are in a war, and we need to fight with Christ right with us, our Lord and Savior. He's going to be right there. Invite him in. And this war is ours to win, but we have to vanquish this enemy. They're, they are, they're destroying people. And the biggest thing is they're doing this reset right now, so watch this game because they're playing all sorts of games. I listened to a clip today by Klaus Schwab. He says the truth in a video by, it was a, one of his interviews. And he, what he says is the fourth industrial revolution is not about changing the outside. It's about changing who people are inside. How do you change people inside? You give them the injection. And you get that into them and it starts to corrupt them. We are needing to realize that we are the vanguard to preserve and save humanity. That's a serious statement. And it's not overinflated because there's a whole bunch of people still running off that cliff. And they're, like I said, they're getting ready to change their, their attack. We have this rattling sabers of war in, in Taiwan, rattling sabers of war in Ukraine. And unfortunately, we may end up sending troops to Ukraine. I hope there is no war because there doesn't need to be one. But unfortunately, our military are obedient drones to the political body that's corrupt as can be. This is a political body that worships bankers and Baal. And so they're going to do what they can to instrument a war because we, the people, not the institution, we, the people, are waking up and we're getting our grounding once again in the true purpose of life, which is our love in Christ Jesus. And they fear that above all. And we're building fellowship and we're building strength. So what I say is, if we do, if it is upsetting them now, quadruple it again and again and again. Make them shake in their boots and bring, and bring the rain. But this is war. If we had a military that wasn't hooked into the, through the nostril by the military industrial complex and the politicals, it might actually stand up and say something reasonable like, what in the hell are we going into Ukraine for? By the way, did anybody know Kievan state was where the Russian state started? So hate to tell you, like it or not, they've got dibs. We don't. And if we check into how Russia's doing lately, I think they're doing a little bit better than the West because they already kicked the central bankers out of their country. Just saying. We have a lot of fight to do, and that fight is very real. And just because a fight doesn't take the form of a sword of steel, but instead takes the form of the sword of the spirit with direct engagement, challenging people to think for themselves, pro proclaiming Christ in that moment to come in and fight with us, it is nonetheless no real, no more real, or is more real as real, how would I say that? It is as real as any fight in a battlefield. So that's just something to get very clear. And each one of us has a lot of fight to do. It is the generation we're dealing with, the generations before us and the new and like the Z and the millennials and all these others, X, Y, W, whatever else is out there. They're starting to wake up. They're asking questions, but they're missing pieces. And they just need to be led, pointed, more importantly. Give them crumbs. Let them find. They will seek and they will find.
And there's many that have made the wrong choice. We know that. They've made that choice of the vax. And that's a tragic thing. But the only chance we have for them is for us to get stronger and more intimate in our relationship with Christ. I want you to consider Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand and that we should walk in them. That isn't something you take lightly. That isn't something you give up easily. That's something you fight for. That's something you never bow to them. You only maintain your strength and you get more ferocious. You light those fires of righteousness within your soul. And yet it's, it's, we're watching too much of the compliance still happening. Let's be reminded by Romans 1, 18 to 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteous suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts and were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged their glory for the immortal God of images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. I'll continue in a moment. Those are powerful words and powerful reminders of the illusions that are so prevalent here today. But now listen to this last. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creatures rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of the heir. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought to not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree, that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. I, this is like reading a text out of today. 
literally like right now. This is the enemy we fight. An enemy who has willfully walked away from God. This is a place that we now confront all, all around us. We're surrounded. But that doesn't mean we're in trouble. It just means that we have to get closer in our intimacy to Christ. And we have to work together. This is a time when unity in our friendships and unity in our marriages is going to be rekindled and reforged through each individual's intimate relationship with Christ. Christ fills the heart. It fills the gaps. He fills the wounds, not the one that we know or the one we're married to. It's important here. And when we each are filled with that love and passion in Christ, and Christ is the healer, our relationships become so much greater in all things. But when we are, have an emptiness in our heart and we're seeking it through somebody else, we're trying to fill it through somebody else, it's going to lead to misery. One times one equals one and greater. Half times a half equals a quarter. We have now the chance to do something stupendous, incredible, biblical. And that's going to be centered on our ability to all of us get deeper in our relationship with Christ, in friendships to make sure each of those we walk with are deep in our relationship with Christ. We have to work hard at expunging the sins that we obviously know, praying to God to open our eyes to the sins that are unseen and seeking repentance each day to be reset on the throne or near the throne. But that's a daily process that each day we're trying to get ourselves back to the strength that God needs us to be. It begins internal to us and we step out into the world. But the thing is that fear is still going to be the greatest enemy we face. And when we are separated from that intimacy with Christ in any way, fear has a way of putting a wedge in us. So much of our world is being shaped by illusions, delusions, inversions. And that's not going to stop. And it's not going to get better anytime soon until we literally make the shift to put our eyes on Christ and walk with him and see the world as he needs us to see it, which is the world of truth. That means rose-colored glasses get thrown out. That means the things that we want in our heart get put aside. That means that the passions that God puts within us are those that we pursue. And that means that in our friendships, our relationships, our marriages, we have to be honest in a deep way. And that honesty begins that each of us in whatever position we are has to make sure the other is deeply connected, healed, and re-strengthened through Christ. That reset is what gives this army, God's army, a total victory. There's nothing that can stop that. But like a shield wall, when you have a shield wall up and one person is weak on the wall, it weakens the entire shield wall. That's where that relationship with Christ is so important. So no matter what friendships you're in, no matter what relationships you're in, no matter what marriage you're in, I'm challenging you all. Get the reset. Make sure each of you individually and together are first and foremost that love is in Christ. Because when it's there, man, everything else gets easier. And we as we as a world, we as God's children get stronger in an unbelievable way. The confusions that happen out here, the distortions that are thrown around us, the constant assault on our mind, all of that, gone. Like that sound effect? Just like that. Special for you tonight. Just want you to know that. 
So that is literally where we have to be. And that's on each of us to pursue that. The beautiful thing that God has for us is the choice. It's the free will to choose him. And in doing so, we reclaim something unbelievable, untouchable. It's total imperfection. It's total perfection in us, not imperfection. Total perfection in us. So that's going to be the core of our victory. This political spin garbage that's going on, this threats of war, like whatever. And they want you to panic. They want you to fear. They want you to worry about 100 monkeys running around Philadelphia. It's like, okay, whatever. I don't even know if there's a monkeys out there, but that's what we're told. We're told all these troops are in Ukraine. I haven't seen anything, but that's what they tell us. But apparently we have U.S. troops on the ground. That tells me that we're about ready to start a war or try to. We had 39 planes flying over Taiwan. Big deal. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I mean, we can't control any of that. And so any more than we can control whether Pfizer makes another 100 million vials or whether Moderna is going to make another 100 million vials or whether these pharmaceutical companies are going to add mRNA to the over-counter drugs or whether they're going to keep dumping fetal tissue and all the others, that's, they're in their element. They're not able, they aren't going to change simply because we are saying, please stop. That's part of that war of making choices. And they're hard choices, but the choice is always, what do you want? Convenience will be the destroyer of humanity. And that literally goes back to the origin story, the first sin, the original sin, the convenience of an apple. It was easy. It was pretty. It was beautiful. That can't be done anymore. This is the grind now. It's the climb up the narrow path. And it might feel like it sucks sometimes, and that's okay. Because it's that strength that we have in enduring through and carrying Christ in our heart and climbing that hill and climbing that mountain. That's what God needs us to do. And sometimes when you do that, you're thirsty. Sometimes you go without food. All those things metaphorically that translate to real issues in our life, those challenges that we face to conquer the mountain. First people that climbed Mount Everest had no oxygen. Later now, they can't seem to do it without oxygen. But the first people that did it had no oxygen. So we're going to climb the mountain without oxygen. And we're going to do it just fine because it's the grit and the grind that makes us and makes us strong. And it's what allows us to persevere. And it makes us indomitable. Because all through that is something that they don't have. And what is that? It's the intimate love that we have for Christ Jesus and through that to the Father. And that cannot be stopped. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. And we thank you for the blessings that you give us in these times. The strength, the clarity, What we face right now, Lord, is an enemy that is persistent, an enemy that is constantly painting illusions, deceptions, and lures to pull us off the path. And so, Lord, we pray for the many that are faced with those challenges to seek first that deep and intimate relationship through Christ Jesus. And in so doing, to bring that intimacy into their lives in such a way that it heals the heart to walk in this army and walk in this fight without a heart that longs for anything other than that deep love, that first love in Christ Jesus. May we be blessed with that unrelenting desire to pursue that love in Christ and to fight forward in this no matter what the challenge is, to let it all go and turn to him first and foremost to heal us 
and to move us past these difficult times. Lord, we know that these are challenges that are here because of an enemy that is intent and fully intent on destroying your creation. And that is not something that we can let happen. So send me, Lord. And for all those to say those words, we're ready for this fight. We're strong in this fight. And our love with Christ can only get better. Bless us, guide us, direct us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. What an amazing time to be alive. Beautiful time and the beautiful challenges that each of us have each and every day to can make such a difference in the world. It is truly through the engagement with, with each other, through strangers, through whoever we meet, that our presence, and hopefully you're bringing in that presence of Christ with you, asking for it each time, that presence is something greater than what we can do ourselves. And it's through those moments that great things happen, great healings happen, and mountains are moved. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Prayers are that point that connect us deeply, and we will continue to and give us clarity in this fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. Yet we have such an incredible mission here before us to fight with God, with Christ in our heart, to pursue this enemy, to vanquish them from this land and expand the kingdom. I'll see you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. We're on the edge of a moment, but not over Every broken dream Fair together flawlessly Paved the road to better things Letting go of the moment That could only keep us down I can see it now Can you see it now? We're on the edge of a moment Sits down over the hill where the larks got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this face. When your soul answers calls far away 
take the tides out on the freeway let it ease my mind we run away sometimes when belonging becomes something to find we always come back to what we know keep it close on the cold days darling mountain all the way where you are a safe place to hide from the rain Leading 